welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Hall. With me, as always, is my amazing co-host, Patrick Terry. Hello, Patrick, my friend. How are you today? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, man. Not good. I mean, not good. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Something, something deep came out. Wow. What the <laughs> hell? No, I'm doing I'm actually doing pretty good. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> there you go. Keep you on your toes. Yeah. No, I'm doing very well, my friend. Thank you. Um, awesome. <laughs> I want to start doing that randomly to people now. Not well. How are you? There you go. See what Let's you get. You. Never know. Like, uh, oh no, man. Uh, I just I'm just trying to be nice and then walk off. <laughs> Come on, man. You asked. Yeah. Uh, oh, goodness, man. What a week. Uh, what a week. Busy week. Um, it's, it was busy for not a whole lot going on. <laughs> it's right. funny. I was busy, I guess I should say, for not having for not having much going on. I was very busy, I guess. Um, you know, Grayson's now up to three dances a week, or at least three classes a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and then, uh, you know, York's doing the school, and he's still rocking that out. And then in between um classes he's uh he's reading and working on a workbook excuse me he's also doing some drawing so he's you know staying busy and then 30 minutes for video games for in lieu of recess and then yeah so he's he's killing it um and then yeah and then uh Bruce working we finally watched a movie together so that hadn't happened in a while, so that was nice. Um, but I'll talk about that on another episode because we finally got to watch uh, Danny Trejo's um, documentary, Inmate One, The Rides of Danny Trejo. Okay, okay. So I finally get to talk about it, just not this week. Yeah. <laughs> this week's special. But I've watched several movies this week as uh, those that are followers on our social media would <laughs> well have seen. Um but yeah, and the at least for me the, you know for us it was like an event Friday evening when we had uh when we had our family movie night watching uh, the sleepover, um which we will have the director of on our next episode, she will be with us a week ago or a week tonight, so it's gonna be awesome. And you finally get to talk to her. Yes, I do. So, I may just have I may just let you uh run the gamut on it and it's like listen this is gonna make up for a while. For last time when you weren't here, I'm just gonna let you roll with it. I'll just be here to, I'll be here to cheer you guys on and be like, I'm still here. Um, but no, I absolutely loved it and I can't wait to talk about it. Um, pretty much uh, for those of you that are parents or even if you're not parents, but if you ever watched and you know really enjoyed Adventures and Babysitting growing up, you're gonna really like to sleep over. I'm not saying it's the same movie, but it's in that style. They take a, um, a lot from that kind of genre of. Uh, yeah, yeah of kids movement pictures of babies i think it's even pg-13 but um it's a different time though yeah um but this is even i mean there's like very little cursing if any to be honest um it's such a pg movie it's like in borderline g like it's so fun like it's just fun it's hilarious i mean we'll talk about it more next week um because i will probably honestly i'll probably watch it again because uh, I'll probably take some notes. Whereas when we watched it as a family, we just sat there, had pizza and popcorn, and 
and uh, drinks for Ruth and I. And then, um, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. So, but we've got an awesome episode tonight. So um, we'll be uh, recording early for something that'll occur later. Mm -hmm. Time traveling. Hey, we'll yeah, be, be talking about tonight. <laughs> um, if anybody's seen our Facebook post uh, or about the movie Lucky Grandma that I'll be talking about, um, I am going to be talking to the director. Um, how we're recording? We are recording Sunday night. I'm talking to her Monday evening, so the episode will. I mean, you won't care because this will have dropped after this has already occurred. Yeah. However, it's just dropping later in the day. Um, just because the interview's Monday evening, I wanted to be sure it's part of this episode. So, there we go. That's that. Um, that's all I had to say. What's new with you, man? Um, you know, this week has been normal work. And then, um, nothing exciting. But as far as my daughter with school, um, she has some issues, like learning the new math. Like, my mom was telling me. She had told her to study it during the summer, you know, during the time yeah. they had off, and she chose not right. to, and now it's... She said, we won't have that again. And then here it is. Pop there back up. So she, I was at work and she was talking to my sister. So my sister texted me the a picture of the pro, of the problems. So I was like, I don't know any of this. So I use YouTube. Typed in the pro, typed in the sentence yeah. and it popped up with a video and I watched it. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So I sent it to her and said, let me know if this works. <laughs> she yeah. never got back to me. So that day she never got back to me, but right. talked to her the next day and I think she understood it. But she was having issues with logging in for her textbooks, but I think she finally oh. got that worked out. Okay. Yeah, I think everything is cool. It's just the logging in issues, the computer that they gave her, and right. then not having the information as far as accessing the online textbooks. Okay. But I think other than that, she's cool. Okay. And. Friday, I was tempted to go to a movie. I was tempted, but I resisted. <laughs> and what then, were you going to go see? Um, I was curious about um, not not unhinged. It was oh, what was another movie? It's Ti, the one that's take place in uh, New Orleans. Um, crap, I can't think of the title of it. Uh, let's see. That's the only other one I knew that was released was the Train to Busan sequel, Peninsula. See that too. That was another. That's no, actually, yeah, this other one actually doesn't start till next week, I think. Okay. But um, but just the fact that the movies were starting, I was like, man, right. I don't want to go. And then I was looking at the times for the week. The latest movies they have starts at eight o'clock. But the weekend, they had stuff starting at like 10.30. But oh. I think, I don't think it's going to be, you know, it used to be during the week you have like 10.30 show-ins or, you know, 10.15 or something like that. But I don't think they're going to be doing that every time. It just depends on the movie, I guess. Yeah, probably depends on the popularity. Um, yeah. How well it's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. How new it is, too, because of not a whole lot of movies that are new. Um, no. A lot of older a lot of older classics that are being shown right now. Yeah, uh, some of those are limited. Um, I think Mount Juliet, because every, every movie I looked up was playing at the one in Mount Juliet. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to make that. Don't hate for that. Don't hate. No, I'm not hating. <laughs> down, this could be down the road. <laughs> um, and then Saturday, I went to McKay for the first time in forever. Oh, how busy was that? It was, it was like normal. 
Jesus. The only difference is the as far as when you check out the cashier, they have a the glass partition. A, have, yeah, glass in between. They took away the the little shelf they had in the middle. They had extra books yeah. and whatnot. They removed that and just put tape down. And you just pretty much follow in line, which kind of doesn't make sense. But it's a lot of space, so you can kind of space out. But you're not really spacing out when you're looking at books. Because I was looking at some books. Somebody's like literally right behind me. Right behind me. And I'm like, come on. Bro, come on. Come on. But, uh, but it was cool. I wasn't I wasn't tripping on it. <laughs> but okay. it, it was just cool going back. I got a couple of books. Even though I've got others I need to read. Um, it was a couple of popular philosophy books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars, The Simpsons, The Matrix, and The Walking Dead. Oh, I'll deal with philosophy. So I've got a... I've actually got a. I know you'll find. I know most people listening will be find will find this hard to believe. I actually have a book called Philosophy and Batman. So that's and the one I, I was looking for. <laughs> and actually, really? Yeah. I'll let you borrow it. Um, it's autographed by the writer because I I got it at a comic book convention in Chicago. Um, probably it's autographed. Cool. I don't. I'm, I'm not good with books. I started messing. <laughs> autographed. So I'm All not right. touching that. <laughs> All right. Fine. <laughs> Um, but it, no, it's, uh, I kind of read a little bit. I missed the, cause he talked about it. He had like a little session where he talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, a panel, I guess is what the goal is. And I missed it. Um, cause we were staying alive for something else. Um, right. but I would have, I would have liked to have seen that one. Plus I, you know, York was like four, three or four. He ain't gonna sit for that. Yeah. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> but yeah. Cool, man. Yep. And then today at lunch. Went to Henderson at lunch, got some Mexican. Uh, it was fun. Um, had a couple of margaritas, mango margaritas. There you go, so, man. That's why I'm pushing the water now. Yeah. Here, hold that up. Hold that up again. Mm. Let, me, let me see that big sucker. <laughs> there you go. All right. We'll post that picture. <laughs> All right. Um, other than that, it's been a good week. Right. I've mostly been watching Black Lightning, and I was going to talk about season two tonight, but it's just so much going on in that season. Cool. <laughs> so man. I'm just going to finish season three and just talk about it as a whole. Okay. Later. Cool. But yeah. All right. Um. So I'm going to let you, even though it's, I think, my turn to go first, I'm going to let you go first. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, wanna... because I want to kind of let the Lucky Grandma, me talking about Lucky Grandma going fade into the interview fade into okay. there i'm sure it's something like that Segway. whatever sure Segway. <laughs> Segway. that's the word yeah. Segue into the interview i promise we're professionals <laughs> that's our right, story uh, yeah i know right <laughs> all right i'll let you go first all right <clears throat> so first movie i'm gonna talk about i watched this last sunday after we recorded i watched the, the tax collector okay and um i I don't know. I think I, I was just scrolling through some movies and it popped up and I actually forgot about it. So I decided to check it out. Uh, so it actually had a uh, release date of August 7th, uh, 2020. It's an hour and 35 minutes. The director is David Ayer, who wrote oh, yeah. Training. He wrote Training Day. Yep. And um, the budget was $30 million. <clears throat> It did have some limited theater release. I think it released at a drive-in. But uh, as far as the gross, it only brought in... 600,000, 612,000. Yeah, I think it came out during that weird time. Yeah. But um, if you want to watch it, it's on iTunes, Google Play, Prime Video, 
Microsoft, Voodoo, and Fandango now. <clears throat> uh, stars Bobby Soto. He plays David. You got Cynthia Carmona as Alexis, who's his wife. Even got a cameo. Got George Lopez playing his Uncle Louis. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. He's playing Creeper. That's um, his name. Shocker. <laughs> and then you have uh, Jimmy Smith. He plays the wizard, who's the boss. Okay. Oh, who yeah. doesn't love Jimmy Smith? <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. No, I mean, I, I wasn't trying to mean that, make that sound kind of condescending. I meant that in all actuality. I mean, I think he's an, a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Um, you know, not only on uh, NYPD Blue, but also, um, I think he was on the season of 24. I really liked him in. And um, what was he just in? That? No, I'm thinking of somebody else that was in. But he's been in a couple of things I've really enjoyed. Um, yeah. I almost didn't recognize him. but Mostly TV, but no, he's good. Yeah. I, good dude. Yeah, I almost didn't recognize him. Because I was looking at it. Oh, yeah, that's who that is. Um, <clears throat> but it's basically a tax, a tax collector working for a local crime lord finds his family safety compromised when the rival of his boss shows up in L.A. and upends the business. That's the basic premise. Um, <clears throat> David and Creeper, they work for imprisoned crime lord, the wizard, collecting his cut from the profits of local gangs. Okay. And as far as David goes, he's a family man. He's got a wife, two kids. Uh, he's very committed to that. And then Creeper, he's pretty much unattached except for the job and his friendship with David. And most of their day is spent collecting money and making sure everyone pays up. Um, but on the, one of their first morning runs, one of them ends up short and gives a lame excuse as to why they're short, acts real nervous and fidgety. But um, instead of actually taking the guy out, David gives a suggestion, says, "Is the worst thing you can do is be short on your money. If you have to, rob from your own mom to make sure everything's up. You know, if you got to, if you're right. short, yeah. rob your mom. You know, basically just saying whatever extremes you got to go to, make sure you got our money. Yeah. Um, and that's basically, that's basically it on that. And then they roll up on, they get a call from a Latino gang member says that, that they beat up a blood gang member because they got into it over a girl. So, <laughs> so he chastises them about it because they're ruining their, they're endangering their business arrangements that they've had with the blood gang. Yeah. So what they do is they take the blood gang member back to his leader and they explain what happened. They said, it's not a race thing. It's not a business thing. It's just a dispute over a girl. He said he chastised the other guy said, you know, it's not good for business and you know, everything was cool. Kind of smoothed that out. And then <clears throat> there was another call where so all the money that they collect goes home and his wife pretty much counts it all, make sure everything's good. So once he gets home, finds out that they're short 20,000. And it ends up being the first guy, <laughs> short again. Mm. So, um, so they go pay a visit to him, and he kind of gives him a good story as to why he pocketed the money. And instead of again, he kind of lets him go again. You know, even though Creeper's like, you know what, we need to go ahead and take him out because this is like twice. <laughs> right. But um, but uh, they accept it, and it's like, okay, it is what it is. And then. That's, and later on, he meets the, the rival boss, and they get a call saying they got like $200,000 pickup. They're like, oh, they're really doing business well. 
but that's where they meet the rival boss and you know they, they're outnumbered they want to do something about it but they're outnumbered so they walk away but um of course things just end up getting worse and worse for them and it felt very much like training day to a certain mm-hmm. degree just how it was shot but um overall the movie wasn't all that good it wasn't yeah. great it wasn't great is um, it one of those that the trailer was it made a better trailer than the movie yeah yeah pretty much and i i kind of looked at it like maybe it could have been a good series like a tv show okay. or episodic that way you could have took yeah. time to build the world and everything but at 90 minutes it just wasn't enough time for what they were i guess they were trying to do and but for what they had the performances were okay it just wasn't a lot of substance okay a lot wasn't a lot of meat in this gotcha yeah so just very lackluster just felt you know like it is weird to me say that but because it's watchable i was watching i was like okay i watched it it's one of those movies you watch you're just like okay well that happened right all right all right cool i'm not sure uh, what i could think about the things i don't really like but i'm not completely sure it's it's one of those you're like it's missing something yeah or several somethings (laughs) or several somethings but it's just it's like it's just a a segment it's like you're you're they they basically collect money stuff happens and stuff happens right it's no real it's not really i don't think it's really not a real story it's almost like just like a documentary or some found footage stuff like somebody just recording what they're doing and just didn't seem to have much of a plot gotcha yeah so it was pretty pretty empty kind of hollow i guess gotcha. i could say yeah okay but yeah, well, definitely. so so skip that um shia <laughs> yeah. movie instead go if you have hulu go to hulu and watch the peanut butter falcon which is now on hulu ah okay cool. so there we go I'll i'll be the one to uh, put that plug in because <laughs> I was going I meant to tell you about that that it was on Hulu now so because I might go back and rewatch that because I really enjoyed that movie okay yeah so I guess the I'll move on to the next movie okay. which I kind of just watched on a like as a impulse I watched the trailer on Netflix uh, it's called See You Yesterday yeah um, it was actually released last year May seventeenth twenty nineteen runtime is an hour and twenty four minutes so it's pretty short yeah uh director is stefan bristol and it's produced by spike lee it does have some spike lee isms in it a little bit yeah yeah so so you have eden duncan smith as cj dante critchlow as sebastian and brian stroh bradley as calvin that's basically the main characters in this and it's based on a 15-minute short of the same name. And the basic premise is CJ and Sebastian have created a way to time travel for a short period of time. And they're basically doing so so they can get scholarships for college. Because I think they're the summer of their junior year, about to go into their senior year. So they're trying to get themselves set up for school. But as shown in the trailer for this movie, um, CJ's brother Calvin is gunned down by a couple of NYPD officers. And so they get the idea, like, since we, they actually have a successful time travel, you know, yeah, moment. Experience. Yeah, whatever. Experience. So when this happens, um, get the idea, like, hey, go back in time 
maybe we can prevent this from happening. Even though there's also risks that, you know, what could happen. But, um, so let's see. <clears throat> it's kind of hard to talk about this without spoiling it. So let me, way. yeah. So I guess I could probably help a little bit. Okay. Um, best part of the movie, in my opinion, is the one cameo at the beginning. Yes. Where they have Michael J. And it's not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. They have Michael J. Fox as their teacher. Yes. Um, they have Michael J. Fox as their science teacher. And um, they have my, and he, and they're talking about this science fair type thing, more or less competition, whatever, um, that they're trying to enter in. And they're talking about time travel and all this stuff. And, and uh, they don't understand why they didn't, you know, why they got a B plus and not an A. This is why you didn't answer. If you, if you can prove it, the one question still remains that there are still moral and ethical questions as to whether or not you should. True. One of those, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Right. And, you know, and, and, you know, I was like, oh, that's a little foreshadowing, but also it's a very, you know, it's a very good question when, you know, when we talk about trying time traveling, you know, because no matter what you do, whenever you, do travel on time, whether it's in the past or in the future, um, you will train, you will change the, you will change the, the people's courses, you know, someone, you'll affect someone's life in one way or another and change their course, whether it's in the past or in the future. And that question is like, well, should you, or should you not? And basically this movie that plays out in this movie. Was a guess. Yeah. It's probably the best way to describe yeah. what you're wanting to talk about without ruining anything. Is that so. by trying to fix <laughs> something, you may have fixed one thing in the past, but then you caused, but in doing so, you caused harm to some to someone else, or you know, or some you know. So then you try and have to go. So now you feel that you have to go back and try and fix that, and in doing so, there's just this something back else. and forth. Yeah, there's yeah. this back and forth. It's not like Endgame where you go back and change something; it only affects this timeline. Right. Exactly. It'll affect. There is there is only the one. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no. So I watched this too um, today because you said you were watching. I'm like, you know, I've been meaning to watch this. Mm -hmm. I've added to my queue or whatever you want to call it Um, because I remember the comedy film nerds guys talked. Chris Mancini, who was our past guest and hopefully future guest again. Yeah. Um, watch this movie and um i think he liked it i think he wanted a little bit more from it um i i think the excuse me the not only the themes about time travel and the questions of you know what you know whether you should or shouldn't you know Mm -hmm. i think that kind of helps play that out but it also you know kind of asks the question you know or it also still deals with societal issues as yes. well with police protection. This is even, this is from last year. It's from mm-hmm. 2019 and it's more relevant today than I think it was in 2019. Right. Although 2019 is still pretty ver- relevant, but it's a little more escalated. I guess is a good way to put it Yeah. Um, between police brutality, protesting um, 
and things of that nature where you could tell where Spike Lee really had a little influence in and just really kind of helped kind of bring that out in a essentially a teen's time traveling movie. Right. Um, so I liked how they did it. I liked that it was kids trying to do it. Um, I liked that they kind of looked like the Ghostbusters uh, the backpacks. backpacks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like that. Um, I was like, you know, within the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh, cool. This is going to be a good, this is going to be a good show. You know, I can't, I was like, you know, New York might like this. And then like after 20 minutes, it just started like all the profanity started, which I don't have a problem with, but if I want to show it to York, um, you know, some is fine, but then it kind of went the Spike Lee route of not quite yeah. gratuitous, but a enough. little more for it to yeah enough for it to be rated r and not pg-13 even right as far as language because really there's not much violence like there's no, no. grotesque violence it's just you they know. don't really show much i mean like a lot of it's off camera yeah a lot yeah. of it's off camera so yeah. that's what bugged me is that is they could have just toned down the language even this would have been a fine like a more accessible movie for a lot of people true and that really kind of bugged me i guess yeah. i was like damn it now i'm not gonna be able to, you know now i really don't want to watch it frustrated me but then the yeah. ending or lack thereof kind of ended yeah kind of to me. I, I was actually okay with it i mean it was it was i was like okay when when it ended i was like, was like okay so that's it yeah i was <laughs> like oh, I, so we're done yeah but i wasn't I kind of looked at ruth who was just sitting there i'm like because she's i think because i have a problem with movies that just end yeah like i don't mind there could be one or there's certain instances where you could kind of just kind of leave you with a little bit of cliffhanger cliffhanger for the audience to just try to decide how it ends i kind of get irritated irritated by those by those and i'm like no i don't want you to have me decide how the ending is that's why i'm paying money to come watch this for you to tell me how it ends I kinda whatever wanna, i kind of want to see if we can look up that the 15 minute short to see how that went to see if maybe it's kind of if it ends similarly or yeah because it's based on that um but yeah i mean it kind of bothered me because it's like when i was watching the turning earlier in the year it kind of had that it ends but you don't really have a conclusion but it didn't bother me as much because, you know, it's like kind of dealing with time. So it's like, I guess they can kind of get away with it in a way. But it didn't irritate me as much as, as it would usually for some reason. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I, get, I get frustrated sometimes with movies like that. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, because all I said was, oh, well, more... that, well, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I don't like leaving movies like that, but. Yeah, so I mean, I still I was curious as to were they going to be able to do what they they accomplished. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. All right. Okay. Um, I'm taking out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick. Um, not real quick. So uh, one of two move. Well, the two movies I'm going to talk about. Uh, first one's going to be Magic Camp, which is on Disney Plus. Okay. This stars uh, Adam Devine. Uh, Gillian or Jillian? I think it's with a G. I don't. I don't know. I think it's Gillian Jacobs. I don't know. She's from Community, so if, you know somebody can correct me on that. Um, 
and uh, Jeffrey Tambor and uh, Nathaniel Logan McIntyre. So it's directed by Mark Waters, who did Mean Girls and Freaky Friday. Okay. It's uh, coming in at an hour and 40 minutes strong. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. Yeah. So basically it's about the it, – it's essentially a magic camp, but they – for kids to go to and learn how to do magic. And every year, you know, it's – you get put into, like, cat, different cabins, and then you're assigned a magician. Um, most of them are well-known um, magicians. Basically, Adam Devine plays kind of a washed-up magician that is now in Vegas driving a cab. Um, Gillian Jacobs, though, is like is like a uh, world-famous, has her own place at Caesar's Palace, her own show. So like a David Copperfield-level kind of um, kind of person, or Chris Angel or whoever yeah. is big now. Um, their own, has her own show and everything. Um Adam Devise jealous because I guess they went to the Magic Institute. It's not a camp, it's an institute. It kind of is a running joke throughout. Um, but they went to the same one together. They were actually um, partners for a while. Mm-hmm. And then basically uh, somebody was at one of their acts and really liked what she did. And so they gave her a contract and not him. So a little bitter about that and Anyways, they uh, so they he he basically gets Jeffrey Tambor is the one that runs the Magical Institute, and he's just having a fun time filming this movie. Like you just right. tell, he's just having a blast, being his most Jeffrey Tamborish. <laughs> just having a fun. Like it's just you're just like oh god, I love him so much. He's so awesome. Um, he basically talks Adam Devine to come back and teach at this camp. He uh, more or less begrudgingly does it, and then he gets these group. He's assigned basically these group of I don't want to say rejects, but you know, basically not the cool kids. You know, he gets a bunch of nerds, and he's just like, I don't even. These people have never even done magic, except for this one kid who um, who can do like card tricks and you know, real complicated card tricks that he learned um, from his dad. Play who's his dad is uh, played by Aldous Hodge. Um, okay. And uh, so, but his dad was in the military, passed away. They don't really get into why or how. Um, we just, I guess you just assume by combat, I guess. And, but his dad's the one that got him into magic. His mom's the one that signed him up for the camp. And um, Theo's the character's name. And so Theo is, you know, weren't, um, Adam Devine's character Andy is basically sees the potential in him and is trying to bring him out bring it out in him but he doesn't like Theo doesn't like to perform in in front of other people so he's trying to get him to get over more or less the stage fright and then also find out everyone else's um, talents what their specialties are within the group it may not be the same thing as what they're, you know, everyone else in the camp's learning, but they're still learning magic. So okay. they're just learning it in different ways. There's so much great humor for kids in this movie. I actually enjoyed it. I think, like, I was showing it and was expecting Grayson to watch it with me, and then she went off and did something else, and I ended up more or less watching this um, 
I think Ruth was kind of watching off and on. I ended up watching this. I'm like, you know what? This is super cute. Grayson would really like this if she just sat down and watched it with, you know. Right. Um, so maybe I'll try and do that sometime this week. But it is, um, it's a perfect movie for Disney Plus, to be honest. Um, I don't think it really would have done too well in theaters. I yeah. think it's made for streaming. Like, uh, this movie actually came out, I want to say they filmed this like a couple years back, and they, I guess they just had it shelved. Yeah, it was originally slated for a 2018 release. Is this an old Fox movie? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know, because Anna Devine's in it, and um, there's some other kids uh, that are in this movie that have been in um, other Disney TV shows. Yeah. So I think it was one they had. They just maybe were just trying to decide. They couldn't decide how they wanted to release it, I guess. Be my guess. I don't know. Um, I never could really find out. Okay. Yeah, but last- the... Uh, I think the last movie I saw Adam Devine in was that Jexy movie where he oh yeah 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 with his phone that that yeah. was like that 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 could have been a streaming movie even though it was in right. the theater yeah. yeah um so the magicians um so they actually got real magicians um, that were employed to teach the actors and to uh, help maintain authenticity mm-hmm. um just Justin Willman was uh was one of the magicians. He also worked with uh, Gillian Jacobs on the TV show, or on the Netflix show, Love. Um, so they worked together in that, so that's a little cute little trivia. Um, they took a month of pre-production to just learn magic tricks. Can you imagine cool. just being like, hey man, you're gonna get paid to learn how to do magic for a month. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we're doing. <laughs> I'd be cool with that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I'd probably get frustrated because I probably would screw up a lot. Um, like it's the same trick again. God. <laughs> yeah. Crying out loud. Um, <laughs> so the majority of tricks, that, uh, trick performances near the end of the movie were shot in one take. I, um, Adam Devine acted as a mentor to the children, uh, to the child actors, giving them advice and cracking them up between scenes. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, with a few exceptions, all magic tricks were practical magic, ma- were practical, and without any use of CGI. So, pretty cool stuff. Um, I think this would be a great, you know, family movie night movie. Family movie night movie. Anyways, um, great movie to watch for family movie night. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. You know, it's definitely a Disney, Disney you know, has a Disney kind of feel to it yeah you know it's kind of cheesy but it's it's cute it's really cute um so and it's it's fun it's one of those you know once you if you have younger kids um york might like it but i don't know um but between i would say probably between five and five and maybe 11 10 11 will probably enjoy this one um yeah definitely the younger ones will it'll be one of those they watch and then they'll want to watch again and then You'll be mad at me for having your kids watch the same movie over and over, and it turns out to be either this one or the sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> so, or feel the beat. Oh my God. I don't think I've ever actually talked to you about this, or at least talked about it on here. How much after I show Grayson Feel the Beat, it seriously is the only movie she watches on Netflix right now. I cannot tell you the amount of time she's had that movie on. And she's like, like she even had Ruth make her a, uh, a shirt, a Feel the Beat shirt, and it says Go Turners on it. Like it's, it's hilarious. She loves that movie. My nieces absolutely love it. 
Um, so be aware of parents. Um, no, that's another good one, but I've already yeah. talked about that. All right, let's get into our last one to talk about. Um, so, okay, Lucky Grandma. I've been watching the buzz on this. It's been making its way through the through the festivals and been getting really good. Um, it's been getting some really good uh, traction as far as popularity. And uh, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna, I'll uh, if I could find it, I'll check it out. And so I found it on iTunes. So you know, I spent five dollars and rented it. And then I watched it. I absolutely loved it. And then after my 48 hours was up, I went back and bought it <laughs> for there you go. went back and bought it for 15. So I spent twenty dollars on it, which I'm more than okay with because yeah, I absolutely I mean, loved it. Oh, you love the movie. I, I mean, that's that's you know. Yeah. So it was a, uh, it was um. Yeah, it's amazing. <clears throat> so it was released May twenty second, twenty twenty. Um, I'm not sure where. Um, other than online. Yeah. Um, it is um. It is a an hour and twenty seven minutes long. It is um. It's had some box office. I don't know where it's been shown. I guess I'm assuming drive-ins as well. Yeah. Um, it's got a gross of 102,000 domestic, then uh, worldwide 102,000. I'm not. Um, but yeah, it uh, it stars Sai Chin, which you're gonna be like, who? So she has been in a lot of things. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to name a few. She was in. She did a voice in the movie Abominable. She did a voice in the movie We Bear Bears, the movie. Um, mm-hmm. She was in Now You See Me Two, and she was in Casino Royale. She played um, one of the one of the card people playing cards at the table. Okay. Um, but she's and that's just to name a few. I like I ran out of room to put to write more of her credits. She's been in a lot. <laughs> she's been in a lot. She was actually in Never Say Never Again. So she's been in two different James Bond movies. <laughs> so, right. I saw that. Or You Only Live Twice. I'm sorry. The other one. You Only Live like Twice. The 60s. Yeah. Yeah. 67. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Wrong. I would say wrong James Bond movie, but technically it's still the correct one. It was the one that was remade twice. I think that was it. Um, yeah, excuse me. Long. It also stars. Uh, Hisai Huan Ha, um, but also in parentheses, Corey Ha, I guess is what he goes by. He plays um, Big Pong. This dude is a giant. <laughs> like, yeah, it's huge. huge. <laughs> like, it, uh, I found some pictures of him standing next to Grandma Wong. Mm-hmm. And it's just, re- it, like, it's hilarious how, you know, the height difference. Yeah. Like, he's got to be seven foot. I'll have to ask her. That'll be one of the questions. Well, I yeah. will ask her. Um, Michael Michael Toe, who was uh, who plays Little Handsome, he's had a lot of bit roles on TV. Um, nothing real big, but he's been in like Agent, Agents of Shield and a couple other TV shows. Um, Woody Fu, who plays Puck Mark, uh, he's been in the he's been in some TV also. He's been in Pose and uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and then Yan Ji, who plays Sister Fong. That's kind of the main cast. I mean, yeah. there's also the cast that plays Grandma Wong's family and her grandson. 
so the movie is subtitled. Well, you have to put your subtitles on. There is some there. There is a little bit of English in it, but not n- not much. Right. Um. But it was. It takes place in. So this movie takes place in the in New York in Chinatown. Um. Basically, it's about a an honorary chain smoking Chinese grandmother that. Um goes and sees a fortune teller that tells her she's going to have good luck um so she decides she decides to believe that and gets on one of those one of those buses that takes people to casinos mm-hmm. like a tour bus almost yeah so she hops on there with a bunch of other people her age and then they go to the head to i guess atlantic city is probably the closest one i would imagine yeah and then uh they go to atlantic city they go to she goes to the casinos and she does she cleans up she i mean it's all this is in the trailer yeah she cleans up and then she goes all in on a on a card game and loses all of it so um on the bus ride home the person sitting next to her it has a heart attack and dies and then they hit a bump and that's kind of when she realized because he didn't really move. Yeah. Um, and then his duffel bag fell on top of her, which is full of cash. So she tries to nudge him to let him know it fell on her, and then she realizes he's dead. And he kind of she you could see her kind of the gears working in her head. Yeah. And she kind of just sits there with all that cash, and then when they get back, she <laughs> she's like. Uh, rest in peace my friend and then right. gets up and takes off with his duffel bag turns out this person, yeah <laughs> it turns out so it turns out this dude was connected to one of the one of the chinese mobs uh the red dragon yeah please. and so now they're after her to get the money but she's hidden the money and she keeps playing stupid that she doesn't know where the money is right and so then she ends up going to a rival a rival Chinese gang and <laughs> she goes to a rival Chinese gang and says she needs protection. So she hires, they give her, uh, you know, she, she picks out who she wants. She's like, they're like, no, that's our best person. You know, they're trying to say, you know, it costs 5,000. She's like, okay, but I want him. She's like, well, no, that's our best person. Yeah. You know, you get to have big pong. She's like 2000, fine. 2000. She says, no, we agreed five thousand. And you said no, two two thousand. Two thousand um discount discount bodyguard discount prices. Right. So <laughs> which I found hilarious and I was like, dude, she's trying to haggle on security. <laughs> I was like, I love her. Um like I'm so, a grandma. Come on, yeah. give me a discount. <laughs> so she so uh so big pong you know is huge and he uh he stays with her and then they kind of form a bond through all of this he you know he uh he saves from a saves her from a couple of instances where mm-hmm. uh where the red dragon people um come and try and shake her down or you know or threaten to kill her and they uh they they uh they uh get their butts whooped until she finally gets 
basically when the other mob, the leader of the red, of the red dragon mob comes to, you know, basically talk to her in a steam bath, like basically, you know, I could kill you if I wanted to, but instead maybe I'll hurt someone else, you know, one of those types of things. Yeah. I, all I want is our money and then we'll leave you alone. And she, of course, is still playing stupid. So it's then some other things ensue. But um, you it's one of those things. You, you know what it reminded me of? So I, I couldn't help but think about like Uncut Gems in this movie. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you're rooting for the character, but you also kind of like, dude, if you would just go do this, all this would be done. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> if you quit, quit doing making these stupid mistakes all this would be done and you wouldn't have to worry about it why are you sure. being why are you being stubborn yeah for her it's about being stubborn yeah well part of it is so the thing is is that she you find out that she lost her husband and her husband didn't leave her anything yeah and so you really feel for her and you kind of understand now why she did it but <laughs> when we realize being threatened it's like Okay, yeah. this isn't worth it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, dude, come on. But, yeah, it's... But there's so much humor in this. Yeah. Like, there's so many just great little sparks of humor in it. It's like, it's so witty, and her... Um, Saichin's uh, role is so... Like, the way she acts and plays this person... Like you love her like almost instant like almost instantly. Yeah. But then you her. also you also just get so frustrated with her because yeah. you like the character so much. You want good things to happen, but you also she keeps doing dumb stuff. Yes. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, <laughs> what are you I, doing? I like her facial expressions. It's just like, just, Dude, she's very yeah yeah. Like it's such brilliant acting by not saying much. True. Like she does a lot of great acting by not even saying anything. So nice. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. And I just I really like this film. Um I wasn't really sure what to expect. I just had heard some good things. Yeah. And um yeah, it was so good. I really enjoyed it. Um so I'm obviously gonna recommend it. I'm not gonna not. Uh you yeah. can find it on all streaming platforms, uh iTunes Prime. Um, and I'm sure every other one. Um, but right now we're going to go ahead. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and segue into our interview with director. For, sorry, I I didn't even mention this in the opening. Directorial debut, or at least feature length film. Yeah. They, she did. Uh, I think she's done like a cup, like a episode of Fresh Off the Boat, and a couple other like like shorts and small things like that. But as far as feature length. Uh, film this is her first so we're going to segue and here's our interview with director Stacey Seeley hi thank you for doing this I appreciate it um so yeah so we've already covered as far as me talking about the movie and how much I really enjoyed it and um in our episode and so basically what I did was I just save the second half of the episode for us to kind of chat, or at least the back half of the episode for us to chat. Um, so our listeners already kind of have an idea what the plot is and how amazing and funny and 
touching this movie is all at once. Like it's a perfect, Aww. it's like a perfect mixture film and how beautifully, like wonderfully acted it is. Um, so um, one of my first questions is, is, is how did you come up with the idea for this movie? And um, were any of the characters based on anybody in your family? Sure. Uh, well, I mean, the idea came, it was from the Chinatown bus. That was really the inspiration for it. Um, I know you're down in Nashville, right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. I don't, I, yeah, I don't think y'all have the Chinatown bus down there. But <laughs> uh, basically, there's this, the cheapest way to basically go from city to city up here in the Northeast is the Chinatown bus. It's like for grad students or people who like have no money. And you want to go from like New York to Boston or New York to DC or New York to Philadelphia. Um, basically you take the Chinatown bus. It was like dirt cheap. It's like $10 or something. Oh wow. And they call the Chinatown bus because it's, they're uh, owned and run by like Chinese companies. And they go from like the Chinatown in New York to the Chinatown in Boston. So you don't go to like the normal bus station. You just like get picked up on the street corner like, oh, okay. in, in Chinatown and hop on. And these buses, they also go to the local casinos. So up here, there's like casinos that are on uh, Indian reservations, Native American reservations, mostly in Connecticut. That's like, you know, where gambling is legal. So there's this whole side industry of like the Chinatown bus to the casino. (laughs) Okay. You know, uh, so people do that for fun. And a lot of times it's practically free because the casino wants you to come, right? Exactly. You might buy a bus ticket, but then you get like a coupon for the casino or like free chips or free drink coupons or something or, you know, whatever. So, you know, back in the day, I was like, uh, had some friends who were really into poker for a while. Mm-hmm. You know how everybody goes through like a poker yep. stage when they're in their twenties. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they wanted to go um, to the casino, you know, on the weekend um, because they wanted to, like, play in the high roller room, and I would kind of go along. But I was a grad student at the time, and so I had no money, so I would take the Chinatown bus there. That's how I got there. And I would be literally the only person under 50 on this (laughs) bus. And I would look around and be like, who are these people, and what is their story? And you have to understand that the buses to the casinos, they leave at like 5 or 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then they come back at like 4 a.m. Oh, my god! So they're kind of like a party bus. Right. They're like basically a bunch of senior citizens going to go gamble from between 5 p.m. and 4 a.m. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And so that was sort of, you know, I was on one of those buses and kind of came up with the idea for that scene on the bus and, you know, one of the grandmas. And that was sort of, you know, the kind of inspiration or, like, the, the ball that got the story rolling in my head, if that makes sense. That's awesome. Um, were, there um, any, were there any, like, movies or, like, for me, I always use movies as, like, a way to ask directors, like, do you, was there anything that you were, like, inspired by, like, you know, from movies you had seen in the past that helped you kind of inspire to write? like your tone and oh, how sure, you were Oh, sure, sure, absolutely, you know. yeah. I mean, definitely, I've been, like, a lifelong fan of the Coen brothers ever mm-hmm. since I saw, like, Raising Arizona when I was a kid and thought it was, like, genius. Um, so, you know, definitely it has a little bit of the Coen brothers in there, and definitely I love Bong Joon-ho. I've been a fan of his oh, for yeah. a long time. Yeah. I liked him before he was cool, before right. Parasite. Yep, same, yep. <laughs> um, you know, I was 
I was a longtime fan. Um, but, you know, there's a, quite a few other movies that are in there. You know, obviously, uh, you know, I also grew up watching like a bunch of Hong Kong action movies. Mm-hmm. There's kind of some homage to that in the movie for sure. I mean, Big Pong is definitely inspired by Andre the Giant from Princess yes. Bride. That was sort of who we had in mind when we were writing the script. Kind of. We're like, we want okay. Andre the Giant, but Chinese. That's, that's who Big Pong is. And uh, also, you know, there's um, the opening is definitely like a tribute to Cleo, um, Five to Seven, Agnes Barda's movie. Yes. And then also, this other movie that we loved, that we like looked at a lot when we were writing. It's not really an obvious reference, mm-hmm. but there's this little movie called The Maid. Okay. Sebastian Silvermaid. It's a Colombian movie. It's a great little movie. You should check it out if you're okay. looking for something to watch during the pandemic. Uh, it's a dark comedy. And sort of the reason like we were looking at it so much is because it's about a very kind of grumpy, somewhat unlikable character, but it's also somehow hilarious. The movie's really hilarious. Um, so yeah, we definitely were looking at that when we were writing and trying to break down, you know, how, like why, if, if, you know, if you have a main character who is, can be, can be unlikable, but you still like them anyway, how does that work? Like, why does that work? Why right. do you like yeah. them anyway? Um, yeah. So like we were, we were looking at all of stuff, you know, I'm a big cinephile, so I'm kind of omnivorous, like okay. in terms of movie consumption. So right. I was looking at all kinds of things, but yeah, those are definitely some of the ones we were looking at for sure. And um, as far as the inspiration for grandma, I mean, she's definitely kind of an amalgam of many of the different women in right. our, in our lives, mine and my co-writers, Angela's like definitely a little bit of my mom, a little bit of Angela's grandmother, you know, a, like a lot of the complicated women that we know. Um, I think there's this stereotype of Asian women being sort of like quiet and submissive. And I don't know where that really comes from because mm-hmm. none of the women in my family are like that. They're all, they're kind of the ones who run things, um, right. really, I would say. Uh, so, you know, so there was definitely like a lot of inspiration, but grandma's a little bit of an amalgam of like a few different people. Yeah. I... She was always very clear me in my head i don't know um that's awesome so what i mean from your from your view what would you say is the overriding theme of the movie if you have theme i mean you know i think for me it's really about independence Mm -hmm. you know and especially as we get older um, and just sort of like that struggle to like keep being independent, to not have people treat you like a child, to kind of keep your autonomy and, and, you know, still feel like you're living your life. You know, I think that especially in this country, we treat elderly people with almost kid gloves. It's almost like we revert them right. back to being children, like once they pass some kind of threshold. Yeah. Rather than recognizing them as people who probably know a lot more than we do because they've lived a long time and seen pretty much everything, you know? And so I think it's a lot about that. And then for grandma, you know, especially like 
her age and you know where she was brought up and your Chinese society is very patriarchal and mm-hmm. I feel like for her it's like finally she kind of at the end of her life has this chance to live for herself and not for others you know I think like many women but definitely like uh, older Chinese women of a certain generations um, and it's like happy to be able to like live for herself and you know of course like her financial independence is sort of threatened and her children are like trying to take care of her of course as they should but you know <laughs> she doesn't necessarily want to be taken care of um but you know i think that, that struggle for how we sort of reconcile that like need for independence with um you know also the need for family and how things might change as we get older is sort of i think the biggest biggest theme of the movie yeah um for me i wrote down you know i thought it was you know maybe the for me, I thought it was like about struggle because grandma struggles with the loss and finances and how to get out of the jam she put herself in. Um, Big Pong, oh, yeah. <laughs> Big Pong struggles with with not being taken seriously as one of the better bodyguards because mm-hmm. you know uh, discount bodyguard discount prices, <laughs> which is still one of my favorite lines. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts in the movie. I laughed. I got the biggest laugh out of that and took a screenshot and then I was like, "This is the best." <laughs> Um, I'm glad. Yeah, and then um, little handsome and Pockmark or Pockmark uh, struggle with being successful thugs because they're kind of they're yeah they're kind they of keep goofy. Goofy. <laughs> yeah they're not super great at it so they struggle at being better you know at, at being you know menacing I guess is a good way which you know they try and then you know they do something silly and then it doesn't quite work out. Um, for me, I was. I don't want to say I was, you know, not surprisingly, but going into this, I'd read about the movie and, you know, and some stuff. So I wanted to check it out and had something to watch. And immediately, um, within the first five minutes of the movie, I fell in love with, um, it, I want to be sure I'm pronouncing it, Sai Chen. Is that how you mm-hmm. pronounce it? Okay. Yes, I. I I That's absolutely, right? oh my God, I absolutely loved her in this movie. And when I went oh, back, man. I have seen her in so many things, but she just looked so different and so weathered in this movie, you know, to look the part. It was awesome. And she said so much without saying anything. Like her, just facial expressions oh. and body language was just, I, I I really hope she gets like all the nominations for all the awards because I thought she was absolutely fabulous in this movie. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I hope so too. I really, we're going to try our hardest to kind of get her name out there, especially, you know, she was 85 when we made this movie with her. You know, she's lived this very long, illustrious life. On one hand, you know, she's been in a million things. You've seen her, but she's never had a lead role. This right. is the first time she's been a lead, you know, in a movie or like even a significant role. I mean, cause you know, Joy Luck Club, which is probably the biggest was mm-hmm. really very much an ensemble, you know, yeah. an eight person ensemble. And she's been, but, in two, and she's, know, she's had big roles in the theater, but mm-hmm. yeah, not in movies. Right. And she's been in two James Bond movies, like two different ones, like 30, yeah. year, 30, 40 years apart. <laughs> I was like, Holy crap. It's like, all I right. Know, that's, that's what happens to women, <laughs> right? Like when yeah. you're young and beautiful, you started as a Bond girl. Yeah. And then like years later, you end up as like the madam at the casino. Yes. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> all right. So, all right, that's you. <laughs> um, yeah. What, um, were there any scenes that you found difficult to shoot from a technical like uh, aspect of it? 
Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, uh, shooting any independent movie <laughs> is difficult. Mostly, not for technical reasons, but usually you just don't have quite enough resources. You know? Um, so I feel like the ones that were definitely harder to pull off without a lot of money, you know, or obviously um, some of the action scenes uh, were challenging. And also because Sai is 85, so uh, it's very carefully coordinated around what she can and can't do, you know? Right, yeah. As an 85-year-old. Exactly. And, you know, she has a stunt double, but... Uh, also trying to get the stunt double to try to copy size body language as an 85 year old right it's, thing. it's also challenging right right yeah it's also challenging um so yeah i would say that was sort of the biggest challenges was were really like the kind of more action scenes i mean so and to, in some of them i think that we used her age to our advantage you know i rewrote the chase scene Mm-hmm. So in the original script, the chase scene was more of a chase. So there was actual running happening. Right. But, you know, when I, when I cast size, he was like, well, first, I'm not going to run. I'm too old. I might break a hip. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. So, you know, the chase scene, quote unquote, is really like a fast walk scene. And right. now with, you know, um, some hijinks and a bunch of hiding and, you know, that was definitely actually when I rewrote that. That was kind of inspired by the chasing in Ferris Bueller. Oh yeah, I don't know if you're right. Yep. Yeah, That's totally. Because awesome. I was like, oh well, how can we make it so the chasing is more about grandma using her wit rather than the fiction of grandma outrunning anybody? Since right. grandma's not going to really outrun anyone. Right. Um, yeah. So something like that. I think we used her age to our advantage. But there's definitely like some of the other scenes that were a challenge just because of her age and trying to choreograph it and also just like not having a very big budget. So it just means like when you don't have a very big budget, like every gunshot Mm -hmm. that goes off or like squib, you know, like the fake blood or anything like that. Basically they charge you per, per gunshot or per thing that happens. Yeah. You know? So I'm like basically, uh, storyboarding, coordinating, and trying to do as few takes as possible because we don't really have money to, like, right. do it. You know, maybe if I had carte blanche, like, exactly, exactly. how I would do it. Oh, yeah. Right, they, right. They, they, every, every time something gets screwed up and we have to do it again, they're, like, charging more money. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That. Okay. Um, and then, lastly, before we have to leave, um, are there any projects that you're currently working on? I mean, obviously... Or at least have in the in the pipes, I guess that's how they say it. Uh, yeah, there's so many. Um, because like everybody else in this pandemic, mm-hmm. I just stay at home. So right. <laughs> I've been writing and developing a lot because Good. there's not been anything shooting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have quite a few. Uh, I'm working on a new movie now, which is not an original idea, but it's something I'm rewriting. Okay. It hasn't really been announced yet. Okay. But, um, yeah, hopefully we'll shoot next year and uh, God willing, take a vaccine. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and I've been developing a TV show actually. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, so we'll see, you know, what happens with that. You know, who knows? It's a very fickle business and we'll just try. But um, yeah, and I have a bunch of other things cooking, you know, great. at various stages. But yeah. We'll we'll see. You know, sometimes 
especially movies, there's a long incubation period. Yes. Sometimes movies take a long time. Yep. We'll say, but I would like to, I would like to be shooting again next this next year, this yes. coming year. Same. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I know um, it's been hard. Yeah. It's been hard. There's been no production, you know, all year long. It's, this is the longest I've been off set in like a very long time. It's strange. <laughs> okay. Well, say. Stacey, thank you so much for your time. Whenever you do have something new out, we would love to talk to you again and uh, and have you back on. We wish you the best of luck, and I hope nothing but the best for this movie because it is definitely one of my favorite movies that I've seen this year. It's definitely on like one of my top lists, and I really oh, appreciate. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, it's, I mean, it's true. I mean, it is what it is. It's a, an amazing film, and I've been recommending it to everyone. And um, hey. So, you know, I'm getting the word out, at least uh, in the Nashville area, and to our listeners that uh, that live in other states as well. Um, so, uh, with that, thank you so much for your time, and we'll hopefully we'll talk to you soon. You're so very welcome, and I'm really happy, you know, that folks in Nashville are, like, discovering it. You know, I'm from yeah. North Carolina. I feel like they're not that far apart. Nope. And, you know, it's just nice that, like, the movie can reach people, like, in Charlotte or Nashville or like, you know, in places where my family lives, like in Rock Hill and stuff, you, you know, nice. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for your time. All right. That was our awesome interview with director Stacey Seeley. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, it was awesome to be able to talk with her. That was, you know, Oh, it's always a pleasure when people agree to, come on the podcast and talk to us about their about their film or you know just about movies in general yeah Uh, so thank you again to her for agreeing to do that that was awesome so trailers i'm not going to get into all the marvel or all the dc trailers those have already been posted on our page those have been posted on our page is it safe to say we're excited about pretty much all of them at this point for the most part yes I'm excited. So I think, I think Suicide Squad will be good. I'm. I think it's good. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, it's James Gunn. I'm not worried. Yeah. There's a lot of weird characters in it, but that's what he does well with. Yeah. I saw the lineup today, like little clips of the line, because I, yeah. I missed that. I watched the little video feature, but then I saw the lineup. Yeah. Like polka dot man. Like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. And a shark. Yep. <laughs> with. So. I'm. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, the Batman. That one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, new Wonder Woman trailer. So and you got to you get to see Kristen Wiig as Chitara. So yeah. that's cool. And then um, let's see what else we got. I think that's it. Oh, the Snyder Cut. Yeah. That's still going to be. That's still a. We'll see when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Holding. Cause... Reserving judgment. Until yeah. Then. Yeah, well, yeah. It's kind of like that's how I am with kind of like with Wonder Woman. I'm watching it because I like the first one. Yeah. The trailer from yesterday, it just I was like, okay. I mean, it, had, it didn't lower my interest, but it didn't yeah. bring it up. So, but I'm still gonna watch it. There you go. And then, not necessarily movie related, but Gotham Knights video game. Bruh, I that, might actually get that one. Yeah. I might actually get that one. Yes. Actually, that one and the Suicide Squad one. Yes. I might get both. I didn't see that. I didn't see the Suicide Squad one. Oh, I'll I gotta look that up. I'm gonna look that up. I'll watch yep. it later. Yep. But uh, but the Gotham Knights, 
Yep. That's what that's Bro, it. You can play Nightwing and Red Hood. Oh my god, it's like my two favorites. If you can't play yeah. Batman, those are like my two favorites. Yep. So yeah, I'm all in. I'm, that's a dork. I might actually get this game. I'm actually like, play it. And it's not even the normal developers for the Arkham games. This is WB Montreal that did Arkham Origins. Right. Which I I enjoyed that game. The only game that I've beaten is Arkham City. I still need to beat Asylum. I still need to beat Origins, and I still need to beat Knight. I've got them. I just haven't beat them. Oh. Except for Arkham I, City. I, I've played. You'll actually find this hard to believe. Well, maybe not, because you know I don't play too many video games. Yeah. Um, I've only played Arkham the first one, probably 20 minutes, maybe 30. Yeah. Like I'm still on like the penguin level or whatever. Like I'm still having completed the first level. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, okay. And then I just never gone back to it. Um, mainly because York's usually on the Xbox, but yeah. Um, but no, it it looks amazing. So I might even get that one. We'll see. I wish they put uh, those games on the Switch. Right. Man, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, because you co-op. So yep. you and I could have played together. Yeah. If it came on the Switch, I mean, can... York's got his Switch, and I've got, yeah. and then you got yours. Man, yeah. man, maybe they'll allow for cross-platform. We'll see. Doubt it. <laughs> Doubt it. All I right. Mean, Meanwhile, Microsoft and Nintendo—they—they they play nicely. Okay. So that—that that no. might work on that. Sony's the one that doesn't really do that. You know, they don't play well with others. <laughs> yeah, well, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've got Death on the Nile, which is the new Kenneth Branagh Perot movie. Ah, oh, boy. Um. I'm not holding my breath on this one because I didn't like the last murder. I don't. I actually really don't like either either murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Movies, but I don't like Brano's Pro, so I'll still see it, but I'm not overly optimistic. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um. And then uh, on the rocks, uh, I'm trying to remember that one, but. I think it's another. Oh, that's the Bill Murray, um, Rashida Jones, Marlon Wayans, Jenny Slate, um, Jessica Henwick movie. Um, a young mother who reconnects uh, with her larger than life playboy father on an adventure through New York. And um, oh, that's coming to Apple TV. Yeah, that sucks. Um, and then the secrets that or the secrets we keep. Um, do, do, do. It's an, the Numi Rapace, Joe Kinnaman, Chris Messina, Amy Siemens, uh movie um, post-World War II, America woman rebuilding her life in the suburbs with her husband, kidnaps her neighbor, and seeks vengeance for the heinous war crimes she believes he committed against her. So that looks like that's a theater release. Um, crazy. yep, crazy, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's coming out September 16th. Yep, September 16th. So, and that's the trailers we got, man. Cool, so, uh, I think that's all I got for for right now. Again, thanks to director Stacey Seeley for joining us this episode. We are definitely grateful and um bro next week another another guest <laughs> we're, yeah we're gonna be three for three man knock uh, them on out knock them on out right yeah so we'll 
and um, we'll be talking with uh, our uh, returning guest. I can actually say that it's our first returning guest, I think. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. First returning guest, director Trish C will re will rejoin us. Well, rejoin me, and we'll join you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about uh, sleepover on netflix if you haven't watched it please do it is a really good movie um as of right now it's already charting number three out of the top 10 on netflix at least it was earlier today yeah. um it's a really good movie I, I keep recommending it to people i'm like listen i'm not recommending this because she's going to be on i'm recommending it because it's good yeah like like please watch it. it's, like yeah i know you've got to be hurting for something to watch with your kids you know and, and even if you don't have kids, you will still enjoy it. Like I showed it to, I showed it to one of our coworkers. Um, I was telling him about it, and actually I showed him the trailer for Lucky Grandma too, and told him, you know, you'd like both of these. I mean, and your kids are grown and moved out, you will still like these. So, yeah. um, all right, I think that's all I got. You, you good? I, yeah, I don't have anything. To add, other than <clears throat> I'm still working my way through Black Lightning, cool. and there's supposed to be a fourth season that's supposed to release in January, but I don't know how much the COVID has affected their production, right. but there was, you know, it did get uh, renewed for a fourth season, so cool. I'm trying to have all three seasons finished and then try to wrap it up in the summary of what I think. Boom. It's just a lot in that second uh season. Okay. <laughs> it's just a lot. But I'll have to go back and watch. I think I yeah. want to watch like a couple of episodes yeah. of the second one. All right, man. What what I will say about the second season, they do break them up like three or four episodes, like a book, chapters. It's like a, yeah, it's like well, yeah. it's like a story arc in the comic book yeah. series. Yeah, but it's like I mean, it's basically what it is. It's like yeah, there every arc's about four to six episodes. Yeah, like so, or sorry, four to six issues in a comic equals yeah. you know a new storyline pretty much. So yeah, okay. So I like so that. That's, I was, a, that's that's a good idea, right? Because I was like, man, how am I? I could talk about it in sections, or I gotta just watch it all <laughs> and then figure it out after that. There we go. Because <laughs> I think they do the same thing with season three, where it's chapters and books, and then okay. you know, like three or four is this book, three or four chapters, then next three or four is a book, chapters, and yeah. That's awesome, dude. I'm definitely right. invested. <laughs> there you go. Good, good. That's always good. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, I guess we will close it out for this week. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Next week it is. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Later. Later.